Warning, the guest episodes on License for Love are experiences, expertise, and views of their own. The diversity duo is in no way liable for actions or advice one takes in their daily life from our guests. Our purpose is to give everyone a voice to be understood, not necessarily agreed with. You're listening to License for Love with Cowboy Jax and Lauren Michaels Harris. The heartbeat in relationship conversation. Sexy, beautiful, hey y'all, this is Cowboy Jackson. I'm with my good friend, Dr. Lauren Michaels Harris. And today's episode is called Take My Arm, Please. Uh, this is a continuation of our amazing series that we're doing for October uh, in regards to beauty in the eye of the beholder. But before we get into that, how the hell are you, Doc? Awesome. What's so awesome? I'm 60 and I don't need a walker. Need I say more? (laughs) Look, hey, it doesn't got to be a lot for me to be grateful. First thing, right. So I'm doing really well. What about you? Oh, you know, um, I'm doing good. Um, You know, staying in the gym pretty consistently. Um, finally yeah. got into a rhythm, took forever for that to happen. Wait a minute. Jim, the one that lives over on the corner of Elm and 7th? Uh, no, no. Uh, oh, G-Y-M. Oh, yeah. that's Jim. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pump, pumping a different kind of iron, Doc. You know oh, what I mean, buddy? Oh, huh? Oh, huh? Oh. Oh, you are doing well. I love it. I love it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Hey, congratulations on the weight loss. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very excited. I'm coming into my first 30 days of working out. And as you know, I lost, uh, I think it was seven pounds. But I really, like, I was having really bad lower back trouble for a while. And, uh, I, I think I was getting arthritis in my lower back, to be quite honest. And and since I really amped up the working out and all that kind of stuff, I think five or six days a week, um, I'm I'm not feeling the pain in my lower back anymore. So I'm pretty excited about that, to be it honest. Be. That's no fun, lower back. I had a friend who she was having trouble in her lower back, but she just had a breast reduction. Oh wow! Now is that one of your jokes? Or are you being serious? It's both. I'm serious, but it is a joke. <laughs> well, I don't know what kind of weight you're pumping, you know. But let me tell you this. You, you know, once you start, you got to keep going because um, I, I got my body right in my early 50s and chest was popping and stuff. And then COVID came and all of a sudden I had tits. <laughs> Not eyes. So you're like, knees. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. It was like I was a C cup. And it was not cute. Yeah. Not a cute look. Trust me. Well, so, I, I do this interesting kind of um, reps. So what I'll do is I'll do 30 reps of a lightweight, right? I'll find out what that lightweight is that I can manage for 30 reps. And then right at about the end of the the um, the 30 reps, what I'll do is, is I will, um, you know, if it's getting tight, then I know that I'm good. 
And then um, once I get done with that, the next set that I will do is heavyweights. So usually what I'll do is I'll double whatever that lightweight was and then you know bang that out for, for 10 reps. And then I'll go back and to the lightweight again and do another 30 reps. And so what that does is, is that's actually working on, you know, cutting up at the same time of, of, you know, ripping those muscles down to, to build up the weight. So, you know. I'm impressed that so soon you've become an aficionado of gym lingo. I mean, I describe and drop man for the, for the better part of my life. I was in really, really good shape. And then, uh, and then I, I think I just got happy, you know, um, I, I started seeing Linda and, you know, I think we'll be going into four years next year. And there it is. Thanks for telling on yourself. See, that's what I didn't do. You know, I'll be married five years here next month. It's September, right? Yep. Next month. Oh, my God. Almost like three weeks. Uh Uh-oh. I better write a note because I ain't bought shit yet for uh, anniversary present. But my point is I was bound and determined that I was not going to turn, you know, into a big couch potato. From being married. A lot of people do that. They find that forever person and they're like, well, I got you now. You take it, leave it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Plus, you know, we, I'm going to whisper it in case somebody you know who upstairs is listening. We both gained, it wasn't COVID 19, it was COVID 40 for me. 20 on one side and 20 on the other. But, and I have just started. I'm not kidding. I'm getting rid of that. I believe you. I got this, this, these handle things. Um, oh, they're licensed for love handles. I'm getting rid of them. I'm not kidding. I started my little sit-up routine uh, earlier this. Wow, I didn't know they went that far back. I got back flaps. I got to get rid of that. Everything else is good. No, uh, it's like a, it's like an inner tube. That's what got me, man. I was like, what is going on with you, okay. dude? Like, you got to figure it out. Well, you know what you do, Jax, now that you've started? You got to book some warm vacation. So, because I am not going to be in a terry cloth, cloth robe or a hoodie in Mexico this time. That's what I did. I, if I could have worn a beekeeper's outfit last time, that's how fat I was. So, um, or I should say out of shape because I wasn't necessarily fat and I was just out of shape, right? And um, yeah. I knew, yeah. wait, let me tell you what Brian did. I was running towards him and he was filming and he, we put it in slow motion oh my god I, did, y'all, y'all I, would, did, I would die it was die to see that picture yeah but keep going and speaking of mexico i just want to say we booked our christmas two weeks uh yesterday finally for the 26th through the third of um january so if anybody wants to come to cabo let me know. Holla at your boy. So anyway, let's talk about what, well, what do you want to talk about now? Well, here's the cool thing. Like it's an amazing transition that we were, you know, talking about fitness because our guest today has one arm. Wait a minute. And what'd you say the title was? Take my arm, please. So there's a reason why I say this. You know this what? guy 
does it all. He does uh, competition oh. bow things like bow and arrow with one arm. He jumps out of perfectly good airplanes at very high altitude. I don't know if you've ever heard of a halo jump, high altitude, low oxygen jumps. Um, he is just unbelievable. His Facebook is awesome, always full of motivational quotes, all these different kinds of things. Um, and so one time I just commented, I was like, dude, take my arm. Like I am, you are just unbelievably inspirational. You know, only you could get away. Cause I'm gonna tell you something. I'd be ready. I'd be driving down your street at, or somewhere in your town. Y'all know a guy named Jax. Cause I'd be tracking you down who you make fun of. But I thought you meant like here, walk with me. Take my arm, but you mean literally. Oh yeah. Or, or it could mean metaphorically, however you want to put it. But I mean, it is just, it is unbelievable what, what he's capable of. And so I, you know, I, I, the series this month is called beauty in the eye of the beholder. And so veterans, a lot of times <laughs> when you said that, what's that? I saw you, you glanced over to my side of the screen. It's okay, Jax. Embrace yeah. it. Embrace it okay. for real. Yeah, I know. Uh, anyways, back to what we were talking about. So yeah. especially for veterans, given the, the day and age that we live in, if you're an amputee, what would be one of the first things people would think? They would think, I already know this answer. Let me answer it. Let me answer it. Because of my friend, big country. They would assume you lost it in combat. Exactly. And, that's, and he didn't either. Exactly. Oh, that's and cool. So I just thought that we needed to do an episode on this because, you know, again, it's about judging a book by its cover, right? Like we judging somebody doesn't necessarily mean that you're like looking at them like you don't like them or are disgusted by them or whatever, although judgment can mean that. Sometimes it's just a matter of you going off of your opinion and not really finding out what's going on with that person. And so I think it's really well, important in our show, especially for amputees that are U.S. veterans, that we address that. What do you think? Well, of course. A horse is a horse, of course, of course. Here's why. Because I was that kid, for real. When I was little, if I saw something that was different, I'm going to stare at it until my mom slaps me and quit staring. You know, mm. but... You don't, you can't just walk them and say, so, hey, dude, what happened to the arm? What's up with the arm gone? You can't. So for people to hear these stories in a, in a nice, comfortable space, such as License for Love podcast, um, I think it's great because we should not assume it's one of the four agreements, you know, don't assume, don't make assumptions. But I'll tell you this too. Here's what I want to know. I can't wait to ask our guests this one. Cause I didn't ask big country. I should have. Wait a minute. I don't need to because he's like a big shot put guy, right? In the um, Paralympics, but he lost a leg. My question would be, is it true? Like when you lose your sight, your hearing gets bigger or stronger. So he lost an arm. I bet you wouldn't want to get kicked by him because I bet his legs are stronger than they've ever been. So these, these are misconceptions that people have of uh, folks that are amputees. And I found this very interesting. Number one, or, uh, from Next Step Bionic and Prosthetics.com. Misconception. 
we don't want you to ask about our prosthesis. Mm. The truth is, this is a personal choice to talk about it or not to talk about it. Misconception number two, we can't swim, bike, snowboard, ski, or dance anymore. Misconception number three, well, we must have been that. involved in a traumatic accident. Misconception number four, we'll never walk normally again. And the big one, misconception number five, we can't go back to work. Well, clearly, whoever made up that list was primarily aiming at missing legs. Because they said we well, can't work again. What about throwing? That would be for our guests. Throwing. Uh, I think that I falls in line with the uh, the swim, the bike, the snowboard, the ski, or dance anymore. Well, okay, I'll tell you this, because just this is very timely. Because just last night, season 43 of Survivor, and I am manifesting that I'm going to be on season 44. I I've submitted my stuff. I did. I'll talk well, about we, that later. We need to talk about that offline. Yeah. I know. But, I know someone that was on Survivor. Really? Mm -hmm. This is my second time. I almost got on before, and then I had to get my knee replaced. But I got a new one now. I'm ready. So, but last night with the new season, it debuted, and they have a girl who lost her leg, her right leg. I think it was her right. Yeah, when she was 19, and went on to become an Olympian. And so she's out there, and I think she'd be kidding it just from what I've seen. So yeah, there are a lot of misconceptions. And I have a feeling when our guest gets in here and we talk about misconceptions, I think we might be surprised that even beyond your list, not to take anything from your list, Jaxie, but there are probably other misconceptions that aren't so obvious, that have nothing to do with what's missing, but about what has been gained. Mm. I love that. Think yeah. About that. Yeah, no, People I, would I never think that's... believe. Wait a minute. I mean, it ties into your title. Take my arm, please, please. Why would you say something like that? Because clearly, you believe that our guests and others find things or discover things about themselves that they couldn't have found or discovered any other way. Well, and and I hope that you know, in terms of the listeners out there, not just to educate the the folks that might be making assumptions and passing judgments but you know hopefully someone out there that you know is dealing with becoming a brand new amputee i mean i i want to learn more about the psychology behind that i'm sure he didn't just jump off the bed and be like yeah i lost my arm and you know because this guy was you know super high speed and we'll find out more about his bio and stuff like that but in my opinion he got even more high speed and more driven, you know, after the fact. So I think that's pretty exciting too. And I got so, one thing to say. I got one thing to say right there. Because sure it ties got. into what this, you know, don't judge a book by its cover kind of thing. Like what our guest Rob Shear said about being a gay dad. He doesn't like to be referred to as a gay dad. He just likes to be referred to as a dad who just happens to be gay. Well, think about this. I want to know from Jonathan Lopez, that's our guest, uh, his perspective. Is he like if he if he's a triathlete or all the things he does jumping out of planes? He's not an amputee jumper. He's a jumper who happens to be an amputee. Well, it's just I mean I, I highly suggest that y'all check out his Facebook. I I love the quotes that he comes up with. I want to ask him about that too. And he's also an advocate for uh, I think it's a dot com, not a dot org. But anyways, we'll be right after we'll be back right after this with our guest. 
Hey y'all, this is Cowboy Jax. I just wanted to invite you to join the heartbeat and relationship conversation in this space right here. Your product, your service, your message, let's ride. Hey y'all, this is Cowboy Jax and I'm with my good friend, Dr. Lauren Michaels-Harris, hashtag the diversity duo. And we have an amazing episode today, Take My Arm, Please, Please take uh, it. continuing our Beauty in the Eye of the Beholder series. But Doc, do you have a little ditty on our guests before we get them in here? I sure do. But just for the record, I saw you look over here again. Every time you say Beauty in the Eye, you glance over here. I don't know what that is. You might want to check that out. Anyway, yes, yes, and yes. Jonathan, Jonathan, Jonathan Lopez, y'all. He joined the U.S. Army at the early age of 17 says he followed that path in order to become a part of the special operations team the advanced infantry training the u.s airborne school ranger indoctrination program and also to dip his his spirit inside the special forces assessment land selection boy overachieve much jonathan geez well in the process while he was stationed in germany Guten Tag. I knew I knew some German. He was hit, get this, by a drunk driver. He says his injuries were so severe that he lost his left arm. Yep, it was indeed amputated. But he was also told by doctors that he might never even walk again. But shortly after that, he was medically retired from the U.S. Army and uh, he went through a whole bunch of stuff. One of the things, one of those dark seasons was he fell into depression. As so many would. I mean, come on. And he also became addicted to painkillers, also something that commonly happens. And it led him to a suicide attempt in 2010. Uh, he went on, got through it all, and attended Axis Flight School for the first time in February of 2017, where he trained for days in the tunnel and performed his very first tandem jump. Then went on in July of 2018, completed all the jumps that were required, and became a certified skydiver. Now, since then, he's had over 250 jumps and has taken on the role of skydive program manager so that he can help other veterans achieve the same goal. So there it is, being of service. Love it. Thank well, you. Jonathan Lopez, take my arm, please. What is up, brother? How are you? How are you, man? Long time. Yeah, man, it's been a hot minute. Um, I was just telling the doc about, you know, uh, I don't know how long you've been backstage. I know you were rushing in to see us because tomorrow you got to leave to go do more jumps all weekend long. But, um, you know, uh, how much of that conversation did you catch on the, did you catch any of our, our first segment? I actually caught enough to say that I wasn't even necessary here. You guys pretty much cover the points. You did your homework. Well. So what, one of the first things that, that I'm dying to ask you is, is that when it comes to these misconceptions about amputees, especially the one about going back to work, um, what, what are your thoughts on that? And how do you, how do you feel that, you know, I mean, if they don't see your Instagram, if they don't see your Facebook and they just see you on the street, like, do, do you deal with anything like that to where, people treat you differently than, you know, the way that you would prefer to be treated? Um, let's go over the misconceptions. Uh, the first one was, you know, like they don't want to know about your prosthetic. In my case, I don't really wear a prosthetic, but Doc made a comment, right? That if you were a kid and you see somebody, you're going to stare until the point that your mom will snap you back into it. 
And mm-hmm. this is what I told them, man. Let the kids ask. Because when you don't ask, it creates a gap. You know, I'd rather somebody look and ask me what happened, you know, than pretend not to look, you know, mm-hmm. because if I see somebody and is missing a limb or whatever difference it is, like it's human nature to want to know what happened, you know? So when yeah. we actually train our kids or ourselves not to ask the question or to avoid that, to avoid the eye contact, I'm not saying it's there in a weird way, but like to avoid that, it creates a gap. And what happens? If the story is not told, every single person is going to create their own narrative in their head. You guys touch over this, like one of the hardest things that I had to overcome. And that's why I kind of like at the beginning separated from the community was the misconception of, uh, so I'm wearing a multi-cap hat and I'm missing a limb is kind of, uh, they already in their head made their story of what happened to me. And that makes it even harder because, um, when I tell them what happened, it's kind of like many times it's like, well, my story is disappointing. It's not what you expected. You know, it's not living to the expectations. That's what I was thinking. That'd be like, what? Yeah. It wasn't I, blown off. Oh, yeah. Come on, let's go. That boring ass. Yeah. Uh, he was just in a motorcycle accident and almost died. Who gives a shit about that? Yeah, I totally, man. That's why I wanted to have you on the show because you know, the whole point of our show is, do we judge a book by its cover? And so, so I know it was probably super tough. Well, how long have you been living as an amputee up until this uh, point? Because exactly half of my life right now, 20 years. Wow. So let's, let's go back a little bit to when you first became an amputee and how, how did, what went through your mind? Like, I, I know you went to the depression and you got hung up on the painkillers and stuff like that, but what, what really was that, that darkest moment? And then the second part of that question is when were you like, fuck this, I'm not going out without a fight. Okay. So I'm going to go back into the misconceptions that you went over. Uh, I'll never go back to work. Right. So that is true in the case of the military. Uh, luckily enough, like, you know, in the U.S., if you become an amputee for whatever reason, accident, uh, disease or so, you're very well protected, you know? So, like, your job has to be there. In the military, it's kind of like, that is the sad part. Like, you know, like, once you suffer an injury, there is no going back, you know? I actually believe, I try. I try to remain in the military. I was in the Army for two years after my accident. And um, I was just pushing through like when i told you that was my motivation to get back on my feet i was pushing through i was able to pass a pt test i was doing the minimum with the push-ups i was doing 46 at the time with one arm running my two mile run doing everything and i was fighting the the medical board i was a arrogant infantry soldier at walter reed like people would be like doctors like well you cannot go back to duty i was like number one i'm in better shape than you are number two don't tell me what to do you know yeah Watch your mouth. Yep. Yeah. So I got to ask you something. (laughs) Um, So this happened while you were in active duty, but it had nothing. It was, you were on civilian time, Mm -hmm. you know? So how does that play out as far as service connection? Um, I got a service uh, connection. Like, I believe, like, one of the big factors is I was stationed overseas at the time. Mm. So, 
it's kind of like if your company right now sends you over to Miami for the week for work, you know, like even though outside of the office, I was relocated, you know. Uh, another big factor was that I wasn't guilty for the accident. I was hit by a national, um, that he fled the seat of the accident. It was a big thing. I know the U.S. Army uh, went after after him for destruction of government property. Wow. Uh, see? That's that's awesome for our listeners to hear too, because there's a lot in the media that, you know, the the military just kind of wants to use you up and, you know, spit you out. But it's great when you know cases like Christian Stevens and you, where you have a, a chain of command and some folks wanting to get behind you to be able to help you as much as possible. So that's great. But it is well, that was strange. It is that's absolutely all day. Wait, government property. Did that bother you at all, Jonathan? No, not at all. Okay, good. Talk about that just for a second. Just for a second. No, not at all. I mean, like you gotta see it. Like when they say destruction of government property, like you know, as you mentioned earlier, the U.S. Army invested a lot of money into training me as a soldier. You know, mm -hmm. and especially you because I, of everything that you were qualified in and going for. So, yes, sir. So, like, if uh, if it would have been my own fault or something like that i can do see them like you know doing a discharge you know like but uh someone else causing the accident you know especially in the circumstances how it happened you know it, it is a big loss for the military um you were saying about the chain of command i had an amazing chain of command i mean tough love like there was nothing holding my hands and kumbaya circles uh after two years of walter reed so when you're in walter reed you're not PC, you don't PCS, you don't get transferred to that unit, you know? So for two years, when they were doing the roll calls in my unit, they would say, like, you know, 13 present, blah, 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 one at Walter Reed. So about 18 months after I arrived there, um, I was called to the office and they were like, there's a general here to see you, you know? And I'm like, whoa, pretty cool. So it was uh, Lieutenant General David Grange Jr. He, um, he was, uh, I mean, he was my battalion commander and we had a, some, what, what you can call between a specialist and a general good relationship. Like he sent me to Belgium commando school. I never fell through anything, you know, like he, um, I looked up to him. That was like, kind of like a role model. So when they say that they came, that he was coming to see me, I was really excited. So I, wa I walked into the office and I don't know if I was expecting a hug and a kiss. But I got that tough love that I need. You know? Yeah, yeah, he yeah me, I feel you on that. <laughs> yeah, I love this. Why the hell are you still in my army? You know, and I was like, uh, because I'm recovering, sir. And I, I didn't even finish my sentence. And he told me like, you're never going back to our unit. Like that's not happening. You know, you're missing a limb. You're never going back to our unit. So this is what's gonna happen. You know, if you remain in the army, they're gonna keep you in Washington, and they're gonna pull you out whenever they need a picture or an amputee. You know. So he's yeah. take your retirement, go to school, you know, build a family. And I was like, holy crap, that was that was a wake up though. This chapter is over. It's time to let go. So so you get out, right? And then is that when the darkness sets in? Because I know for me, I, I got out because I was hurt in a combat training exercise. And so I didn't have the best of chaining command. And that's another story, but I, it really hit me probably about four months after being out, five months being out, that I was like, holy, 
you know, I wanted to be there for my 20 years. So when, when did the dark day happen? And then when was the epiphany of being like, I got to get my shit together? So when I got out, obviously like 90% of us, I went for my GI Bill, tried to go back into school. So my mind is still set, my, my, my mind is still set up into, I'm going back to the military somehow. Might not be uniform or so, but I do remember through the path that I was following, the only civilians that I knew, they were in psychops. So, you know, psychops, they yes. uh, kind of like, you know, study the area, they come up with like plans, strategy plans and whatever. So I automatically, without doing too much homework, I signed up for psychology. I moved to New York City and I started Pace University. Somehow I forgotten that I hated school and I hated sitting in there. <laughs> So much harder, you know, sitting in school at 23, 24 years old, literally eight blocks from the World Trade Center, you know, and I mean, like, I'm using that as an excuse. I just really hated sitting in class, but I was focused. I wanted to, like, get a career that I will keep me back into the military. And I just, I just couldn't like, that was like the biggest failure. And that was like. I don't know, like when everything dark started, I was like, all right, so I lost my career. Like at this point, I have never, I never worry about my, about my injuries. Like I never really care about the fact that I was missing an arm or like all the other stuff. I was mad over the circumstances, how it happened. I was mad that I have lost my career. Now that I was trying to do something else, like I was really now disappointed that I couldn't, you know? Mm, yeah. yeah. Jonathan, so... Based on what you just said, which one of the two were you most upset about? The career or the, the arm? The career. Wow. See? I would have never man, like, it's mind He's mind-blowing. Like, if I lost my arm, I literally think that I would lose my shit. No, man. I'm, he's, I'm, I'm he's, not kidding. It's just I'm, an arm. <laughs> see what i'm saying like this guy's this man this guy's motivation all of the things that he I, says I, like i mean can I, tell you, can I tell you something guys and like i'm gonna be brutally honest you know that's what like this show's the, all about bro missing an arm has not given me as you can see you know me for a while any physical disadvantages nothing whatsoever right somehow missing an arm, you know, because of the other people's misconception, it actually gives me more of an advantage. Like, you know, like I honestly, like, you know, like I do what hundreds, thousands of other people do, but just because I do it with one arm, they look at it different. And I'm gonna talk about it, like even like to the fact of like even raising my kids, you know how many people were like, uh, bad circumstances, whatever, you know, I ended up with my kids alone, been alone with them, you know, their mom passed away and, um, Raising my kids, like, you know, like, I don't think I'm doing anything extraordinary. I'm doing what hundreds of other people's people do. You know who, you know who I look up to? Not to somebody that is missing more arms on me or legs or whatever. Because, like, honestly, I have an advantage. Like, you know, like, I, I'm retired. I have a pension. Like, you know, it gave me the opportunity to be with my kids. You know who I look up to? That woman that has to wake up, you know, and make breakfast for the kid take him to school, go log in eight, 10, 12 hours of work, you know, to come back, to pick him up, to then take care of the house, to do all that, you know? What, 
they don't get the recognition. Why? Because our we're set up into like, you know, that's what they're supposed to do. Or like, you know, because they have two arms, two legs, does that make it easier? No, like in my case, it's much easier to take care of my kids. You know? But well, <clears throat> we, I've, I've got to hear more about this. We're going to go to break. We'll be right back. Hey, y'all, this is Cowboy Jacks. I just wanted to invite you to join the heartbeat and relationship conversation in this space right here. Your product, your service, your message. Let's ride. Hey, y'all, this is Cowboy Jackson. I'm with my good friend, Dr. Lauren Michaels Harris, and we are talking to, dare I say, the epic Jonathan Lopez today on our episode, Take My Arm, Please. Um, I, I'm just blown away at, at your perspective of things, right? And in the motivations that you have. I, I'd like to get in. Oh, Doc's got something. Go ahead. Oh, you remember I'm here. No, no. Don't look at me like I'm crazy. No, you've been staring there, gr grilled to the, glued to the screen. Please carry on. Fine, sir. Real quick question, because I'm looking at your shirt. You guys can't see it, Jonathan. But I see the arrow. It says stick sniper. So in, in uh, Jackson mentioned that you do this bow and arrow thing. I just got, I don't want to get out of here without you filling in the picture because i'm like well what's he do how's he pull it back you know and can you just walk us through that please how do you do once that again, once again i can tell everybody i think i have an advantage i do it with my mouth so i have a mouth tap on the bow i bite and i just i think it's easier with one arm than with two. Oh. Y'all got to see the dog's face as soon as he said, I do it with my teeth. Like he was just like, oh, like my 60 year old teeth. If I did that, I'd end up with a mouth full of pebbles. Oh, no, man. Crumble. I, I pull I pull a 84 pound ball. And now that you go into the shirt, I'm going to tell you a good friend of mine. He's a 19th Special Forces group, Caleb Brewer. Uh, he got the same ball that I had. Uh, he sent me a message. He was like, man, you're shooting. And we started shooting together, training for total archery challenges. Um, so happy. Uh, we actually created with OEW the archery program, helping veterans uh, either target shooting or getting back outdoors, hunting, you know, using some of the skills that we learned in the old job. And, and so you used, it, to do this, you used to do this when you had an arm? No. So you I didn't know. even do this until you only had one arm. Yeah. Lord have mercy. Uh, let's talk about the kids for a minute too. Not just your own kids, but what you do with kids and how you help kids. Because I saw that one thing that you were doing with that young girl that was involved with archery. I think it was on your Facebook. But yeah. tell us a little bit about how, how you give back and how you connect with kids. Because it's, it's unbelievable. So I absolutely love working with kids, uh, kids in general. I mean, like kids who have a disability, um, anything that we can do to help them, you know, the better. I'm going to tell you, like a lot of us veterans, you know, regardless, regardless of the causes of your injuries, we had the opportunity to live our, our dreams, you know, injuries yeah. happen, whatever you have, and, and, 
and I mean, adjust and continue your life. But like with kids, it's so awesome, man, because it's like they're it's a it's a blank slate. You know, they don't they don't carry a, a, any old bad traits or like I used to do this this way or anything. You know, so it's just showing them that the possibilities are there. You know, it's amazing, honey. The girl that you were talking about is the second. She was uh, when she was born. The doctor pulled her by the arm, creating a brachioplexus injury, so she has no use of her arm. And I know her stepfather is big into hunting, but always seen bow and arrows around. So when um when they saw me shooting, uh, my son is the one that found that comment. He saw um he saw a comment. Some I think Black Rifle posted a video of me shooting with my mouth on TikTok. And I refuse to get on that platform, you know? So my son goes like, you're on TikTok. So I'm like, no, I'm not. So he showed me the video. He was like, oh, look, there is a message. Uh, the mother had put something like, wow, this is amazing. You know, I can't wait to show it to my daughter so she can shoot. She just always wanted to shoot. So we tracked her down, got in touch with her, and got her a bow. And actually, luckily enough, I traveled to Ohio a few times out of the year for works. So got to meet up with her and gave her the bow and shot with her. It's, it's amazing, dude. Like, it's when I know that's a quote somewhere and I'm going to misquote it, but when you do stuff for people that like, really can't do anything back for you, you know, like it feel, really feels good, you know? Yeah, I do that for Doc all the time. Like, it's, <laughs> it's a constant thing. So I can completely understand exactly how that feels. I'm, I'm just kidding, Doc. I'm just kidding. <laughs> a word for once so what but, do you got doc well no i'm just i'm sitting here really amazed i gotta say it jonathan because i'll tell you what's going through my mind uh it just never fails to amaze me how much people can pull out of themselves when they have to and that's how you can say you wouldn't have it any other way. You can see how nothing is ever about just one thing. And that's the piece I wish more people could just understand no matter where they find themselves today. You know, what situation they're in today. Um, so just hats off, man, for real. Um, because, Jonathan, would you have ever thought if someone said hey man what would you do if you ever lost an arm before it happened would you have thought you would be this guy yeah that's a good one absolutely not. you said it you said it right like it's like you never know what people can do unless they have to like you know you don't even know your potential unless you have to and i'm gonna tell you like um good friend of mine once told me he's uh like nothing means anything until you put it into relation. And I was like, what, what does that mean? You know, he was like, if I told you I made a million dollars last month, right? What does that mean? You know, is that good? Is that bad? You know? So honestly, like, you know, like the way that he experienced like you don't know, you don't know, like if I made a million dollars last month, might be a good thing if I'm used to making $5,000 a month. But if my actual income is 20 millions because I come and I make one is really bad, you know? And he's like trying mm -hmm. to make it's the same thing. Like, like saying that, like, you know, like, what would I do if I was missing an arm? You know, like, you don't know until you're in that situation, you know, like if you're comfortable, but like, you know, have one arm, it's a great thing if you just came out of a wheelchair and like you have no use of anything else, you know? 
So we got to talk about, uh, I've, been, I've been wanting to ask you for a long time. So backstory quick, Jonathan and I worked on a project called Discharge together. He was one of the animated voices. Um, I was on the score and, and did like a short voiceover on the Discharge comedy uh, animated short. And I really didn't know him until and that day. Um, what's that? And what the music. Say? And the music, the music. yes. Um, yeah, I was also in, involved with the music. So afterwards, I got the opportunity to be his friend on Facebook. And the reason I say opportunity is because this man's quotes that he comes out with on a daily basis are, are just absolutely in your face, but so epic. Dude, where does it come from as a writer? And are you going to write a book? Um, where does it come from? I'm speaking to myself. Like I honestly, um, shamelessly will say, I use uh, these platforms a lot. Is as a journal. And a lot of those are quotes that I'm telling myself. And it's just like, I need to kind of like how the general spoke to me that day. Like it's tough love, no bullshit. You know, that's what I always like, you know, put like F your inspirational quotes, you know, like I just, it seems that I need to tell myself, uh, writing a book can't like I am 43 and I'm still rediscovering myself. So it's kind of like the same thing when I, I love tattoos, as you guys can tell. A lot of people ask, you know, like, you know, like about portraits, you know, portraits of your kids out. Oh, like I have a friend that's a good tattoo artist and he's great in portraits. So he was like, do you want to get your kids? So I was like, I don't know at what point do I want to remember them? You know, like, do I like, do I like my five-year-old, a 10-year-old, you know, when he was a baby, like, you know, I'm, I have a great relationship with them now as teenagers. They're hilarious, you know? Oh my God. And, um, Some of y'all's adventures. Just <laughs> yeah, they're they are crazy. <laughs> you say it's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, just, I just can't. It's like, I'm going to tell you, I'm constantly, and I, I hope that next year I don't see life the same way that I saw it this year. So like, you know, like maybe it's something in the far future. Um, you want me to drop another bomb on you guys? So three weeks ago was, um, once again, like falling my falling into depression because it's been a tough the last two years like you were saying doc earlier about COVID. the last two years have, have been tough and it hasn't been just because of COVID. i just i've been suffering from a injury on my right arm and that's surprisingly apparently they think i overuse it you know i don't know how yeah. so like <laughs> the force yeah forceful rest like you know what that what that does that Staying busy is a good way to avoid, you know, like your past, your problems, like just get up and like just go running all day, you know, it's a, it's a great way not to think about the past. So the past two years I was dealing with an injury on my right arm that I would not heal because I just couldn't rest. And I, just, I even told them, like, I mean, a rest day for me is still double of the average person. You know, it's not like I can put my arm in a sleep and not do anything. Um, kids' mother, as I say, passed away. You know, we moved. It, 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 there were a lot of changes. I was in a really dark place about a month ago, and um, thanks to a great group of veterans, I went into a journey that has been the toughest thing I've done in my life. You know. So, wow. Well, I want to let you know that the doc and I 
you know, are, are absolutely here for you. He's, he's amazing in, in what he does on a daily basis. But honestly, dude, check out the episodes of our podcast because each one of those stories in a way, it, it, it just has this, this nugget to give you something, you know, when you don't have something in the tank. And I just appreciate you being so candid with us about just everything. Um, but also, I think another thing that's super important to express to you is, is that you're never on a pedestal, man. You know, just because you're this one-armed epic dude doesn't mean that you don't get, you know, a pass to not have a bad day. Like, you absolutely have to keep yourself grounded because I know that the higher up you go, the more of a, a pressure that there can be, especially on someone that's an overachiever. So I'm glad that you have the support network and I'm glad that you're really keeping yourself grounded and leveled. Doc? Yeah. Um, can I ask two quick questions? Jonathan? Yes, sir. Sure. I may never get to ask again. First of all, what do you do when you need to wear a suit? Because you said you don't wear prosthesis. So if you have to wear a long sleeve or something, do you put one on for that or do you just like pin the sleeve up? I usually uh, I tie a knot, like I turn the sleeves inside out and in the inside I tie a knot and then um, it just hangs so it's close on the right hand side, on the on the left side, I'm sorry. No, so even when it goes, just because you lost an arm, your long sleeve clothes don't have to. So that's yep. interesting. And then the last one is tell the truth, because I know you're married and all that, but women find it hot, don't they? Ah, that is, uh, uh, look at that smile. I know they do because I hear them talking sometimes about stuff like you know, that. And you know, you know what's true, dude. Like I learned these actually through a through a friend of mine. Every everything is like very lucky. Like she's um she's an amputee, and I remember once saying something like how bad things are, and I'm like telling her, and then she told me like you don't understand. I was like, dude, I totally I have one arm. She's like, you're a guy, you know. We live in an era right now that is crazy. You know, people travel to Mexico to have volunteer amputations, you know, like to remove limbs, you know? What? Oh, look. No, no, no. no I don't the know. Yeah. did not know that whatsoever. Dude, you have to look it up. Please Google it. I forgot the name of the team, but like people here in the U.S. applying tourniquets to their legs, you know, to lose a limb, you know, because it's, it's, it's the truth. It's like, it's like, like, like I was earlier like because i'm missing an arm you know like everything that i may i do like it looks more extraordinary or like you know it calls more attention so a friend of mine had told me like you know like like you don't know what it is i totally understand what you're going through like you know i'm an amputee too and then she's like no dude you're a guy you know what happens to a guy when he's missing a limb you know you got a bunch of people that blah 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 also badass that happening you know military and a girl, like, you know, I just want to be with you. You know what happens to a girl when she's missing a limb? Like, they tap her in the head, like, poor you. So beautiful, so sad that you're missing a limb. Oh, and she they gets patronize them. Yeah, they so patronize them. Man, we got to get we got to get a female amputee on yeah. here. Well, we, we're, we're out of time, like always. Um, but before we get you out of here, Jonathan, um, I just would like for you to speak to all the people that have all of their limbs, have all these uh, abilities to, to be able to do things on a daily basis that just don't seem to have the fuel in the tank. Like, 
real quick, what is something that you would say to them that motivates you every day with you having less and, and doing more, or it seems like having more, uh, oh, you know, and, and, and doing sorry. more. Sorry, but I'm going to tell them it's, it's not about me having less and I'm not going to say anything because I have less because it's something that I learned, you know? So yeah. if you're right now in the hospital and you're missing a leg, right? And in the room next to you, there's somebody that's missing two legs. You know what? Fuck that guy. Like, it's not about him missing two legs or whatever. Your own pain is your own pain, you know? So it's not about me having more limbs, like honestly or less limbs. It's honestly like, you know, use whatever handicap has been thrown at them, you know? And use it as fuel every single day. Like, I mean, I, I get in ready, and as I said, I still use the same mantra. Still, I'm getting ready right now to run the New York City Marathon. And I'm like, in my head, it always plays. as a little voice of the doctors like, you're not going to be able to walk again. And I'm like, ha, I'll show you, you know, when I go run another marathon. Yeah. That's go. awesome. And what and what's your Facebook or your, your Instagram for our listeners? Uh, my Instagram is who who is Jay Lopez. Okay. And cool. The letter J. The letter J. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lopez cool. is just once again, awesome. I, I, everything very personal. I don't put out messages. Yeah. It's just I, I read it and I'm like, who am I? You know, because I looked at it, I'm like, am I the skydiver? Am I this? Am I that? I'm I'm myself, you know. Yeah, I just want people to have a place to go to be able to read these amazing quotes. Like, I'm going to send the doc right over after we get off the show. We'll be back right after this with our final thoughts with me and the doc. Hey, y'all, this is Cowboy Jax. I just wanted to invite you to join the heartbeat and relationship conversation in this space right here. Your product, your service, your message. Let's ride. Hey y'all, this is Cowboy Jackson with my good friend, Dr. Lauren Michaels Harris. And I gotta tell you, I mean, I I rarely get intimidated, but I wasn't intimidated. I was motivated today on this episode of Take My Arm, Please. Doc, final thought or final thoughts or thoughts on Jonathan Lopez. Yeah. A couple. I'm sitting here going, wow, he answered a question I didn't need to ask. I could have used it, you know, when I asked about the hotness and about the soup thing. But I I looked at it on the paper here and I said, he already answered it with his actions. And one of the burning questions for me was, at what point, if at all, were you able to forgive that drunk driver? But it doesn't matter when. It would man. What's clear? Damn, I just got obvious. goosebumps, man. It's obvious that he did. He could have never found everything that he has found, and he barely scratched the surface of all the oh, things yeah. that have been added unto him and multiplied through him in what he has for others. So I say this. For me, it's all I need to say about this sort of thing from from this experience with Jonathan is this. He didn't he didn't just lose an arm. He gained an even bigger heart because Mm. the capacity that he works from. Is boundless. And it's Mm. just incredible. I, I learned something I did not even know was learnable today. You know. Man, I just, I just had like the epiphany in real time as you were talking is like, I think of these people that come on our show 
that are looking at a double lung transplant or are doing more with one arm than most people do with two. Right. And it, it just, it or in really my hits. case, three. <laughs> you know I had to get one in today. Oh God, yeah, I was waiting for the tripod comment for a very long time, to be quite honest with you. But, uh, but, but you know, you 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 think about these people, and they really don't have less. There no. really is no reason to feel sorry for them in any way. If anything, look at them as motivation in your own life to do better and be more thankful for what you have. Because it's obvious that with great power comes great responsibility. And I think part of that great power that he talked about, that he manifests daily, is, is enduring the, the pain and the trauma, right? That trauma right. became his great power. And here's another little ditty is, you know, don't sit there listening, people, with and go, well, wow, I've never lost a limb or anything like that or any of the other different examples you've just listed, Jax. But whatever it is that has been a challenge in your life, those things that made us go to that dark place that Jonathan was talking about, almost all of us, if not all of us, because if you haven't, most are lying about it or just aren't aware of it, um, you know, where you get to, you think you don't want to be here and this that, and the other. Well, you know what? You've, you've lost something somewhere. You, you know, you lost a relationship or you lost something that was important to your day to day you. But just because you don't have an outward example like the limb missing, it's never about just one thing. All of us has the same opportunity to jump and ascend to the levels that we heard and beyond that we heard Jonathan give today because he didn't even tell us that stuff that he keeps to himself because yeah. he's very humble. He's very humble and he doesn't like to wave his own flag. It's not about him. So that how can that not be that, you know, he's got a whole bunch of other things, too, that he feels like if I kept going on about all the things that I really got from this, they think I was a fucking liar. You know, I'm just doing it for attention. So I know he keeps most of it without a reach, without reach, you know. Um, and I'm just, I, I, I'm telling you, this is why I say all the time to everybody, it is imperative that as we ascend into the teacher, that we never, ever digress from being the student. Because there's always something to learn wherever you look. And I, I'm, I'm grateful for today's guest. Is that your final thoughts, Doc? It is. Wow. I, I love that. I, I think that's beautiful. I don't really have much to say much beyond um, what the Doc has already expressed. Um, I, I, I feel like that as a person that lives with brain damage on a daily basis, and sometimes I know you guys catch it in the show, even though I make an effort to make a sleight of hand so you don't necessarily see it, I subscribe to the same philosophy as Jonathan Lopez, and that's not that I lost something, but how much that I gained from it. And it's a choice it every single second, every single minute of every single hour of every single day for the rest of your life. It's not like you just put it on autopilot and it goes. The same goes with being a parent. 
The same goes with giving back. The same goes with every moment of your life. Just because you might be in the darkest moment of your life right now, that does not mean that in the next moment, you can be able to do something different. Until next time, I'm Cowboy Jax with my good friend, Dr. Lauren Michaels Harris, and we'll see you on the next episode of License for Love, the heartbeat in relationship conversation. Adios. You're listening to License for Love with Cowboy Jax and Lauren Michaels Harris, the heartbeat in relationship conversation.